Today, once more, they gather at the crystal as the first sun climbs to its peak. For this is the way of the Skeksis. As they ravage the land, so too they learn to draw new life from the sun. Today, once more, they will replenish themselves, cheat death again through the power of their source, their treasure, their fate, the dark crystal. Thank you so much. You're such a good dog. Oh, thank you, Ben Pen, for warming these up. Good. I mean, goodbye. Goodbye. Splash Mountain Haunted Mansion, which I know a depressing amount of Haunted Mansion facts nowadays, thanks to a podcast I listen to. Bye bye. Bye bye, Frosty. I, I bought a new pop filter for my microphone. Oh, look at you. Because <clears throat> I realized, like, a lot of my plosives on mic just kind of max out the levels immediately. <laughs> Exactly like I'm seeing now. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You know what? This was ten dollars. I think I'm gonna buy one for you as well. I don't need one. You, you don't filthy, need one. You filthy you don't monkey. Need one. Okay, so let's give me a clean edit point. Goingy, goingy, goingy. What are you, what are you looking for, Abby? A place to, to croak. I asked for a clean edit point, and instead we get existentialist questions directed towards the dog so that's a good a place as any to start hi everybody i'm harrison and this is frank reviews a father-son expedition through pop culture i am harrison the son i am your father and that's dad playing with the uh c clamp on the microphone that's causing horrifying metallic echoey noises that i'm gonna try and edit out of the show well, let's see how successful it's I am gonna be better that. than anything we say yeah yeah pretty much hey do you want to hear some some uh, uh, uh generic white dudes opinions about movies that's what most of the internet is it's mm. uh mm. yeah if you if i know for a fact you don't listen to podcasts but no most <laughs> podcasts are just generic looking white dudes bitching about movies yeah which I'm so glad that when I finally decided to have my own podcast, that's the direction I took. Perfect. Yeah. Because yeah. it hasn't been done yet. No, it's it's a brand new thing. Uh, well, again, like I've said before, I like to think the father-son angle is a different approach to it. I am hearing you breathe directly into the mic. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Oh man, one of these days, one of these days, I'm gonna reconcile my own feelings about Star Wars, and we're gonna talk about a Star Wars movie on the show. 
but until I shake out some feelings about Rise of Skywalker, that's not going to happen. So, but uh, uh, this week we watched The Dark Crystal, and I enjoyed watching you watch The Dark Crystal because you seemed confused. Please tell me any and all thoughts you have about Jim Henson and Frank Oz's 1982 The Dark Crystal. For the listeners at home, he seems to be in a fugue state. <laughs> I, I have no... Oh, I have some thoughts on that. Okay, please. Please share. I wasn't, I wasn't confused. Okay. Um, I, don't know how, I don't know how to put this. Um, who, who, was the, who was the target for that... <laughs> For that, I mean, what what target audience were they I, okay. were they I, shooting I, for? I, with, honest with to that God, thing? I, I I have done a decent amount of reading on the Dark Crystal, and since 1982, it has gained a cult following enough to have a show on Netflix, which is pretty good. But that's neither here nor there. I am personally convinced that the target audience of 1982's The Dark Crystal, as I said, directed by Jim Henson and Frank Oz, I'm pretty sure. Those two guys were the target audience. I'm pretty sure they made this movie purely for them. Uh, that that might explain a lot. I mean, then they must be real some some really sick pups. <laughs> um, well, uh, you know, Jim Henson created the Muppets uh, along with Frank Oz and. The, Mupp- is the Muppets a- are fun. They're adorable. They're right. cute. They're huggable. They're you, lovable. You did ask me where Gonzo was at one point. Yeah, but this <clears throat> this. This thing that we viewed um, was anything but lovable, huggable Muppets. So you did not like it, is what I'm hearing? Yes. Okay. I did not. <laughs> did not like it. I'm, I'm very sorry to hear that. No, I do sir, have a, I don't like it. I do have a slight pitch for you before we get into the, the, right. the movie. Because uh, I don't know how much... I thought we were done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did find... Okay, so let's see. Uh, this is off of IMDB, so I'm not sure how true these trivia uh, things are. Uh, Jim Henson's plan with this movie was to get back to the darkness of the original Brothers Grimm fairy tales. He felt that children liked the idea of being scared, and that this was a healthy emotion for them to which to deal. <laughs> Which, I mean, he's got a slight point. Kids do enjoy being scared to a point. I mean, like yeah. Scooby-Doo and like even Doctor Who. There's a couple of really decent okay. horror episodes and stuff like that. And those are ostensibly aimed at children. But this was just like absolute bug nuts, bonkers, go nuts. And I'm kind of in love with it because I love weird cultural artifacts. That was weird, all right. previously <laughs> discussed. <clears throat> Oh man, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, kids like they like to be scared, but the you know some scary spots in the movie. But this, the the creations were hideous. <laughs> the the most attractive parts were the was was the the boy and the girl. I forget what kind of uh, creatures uh, uh, they were. Jen and Kira, they were gelflings. <clears throat> right, some yeah. kind of little elfy kind right. of things. And they looked pretty weird. There weird was a faces. slight uncanny valley effect to the gelfling because they looked close to human, but not human enough. Yeah. I will also say the um, 
the mechanics of their puppetized faces were okay, but the Gelfling in the 2019 uh, TV series on Netflix now, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, 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 mechanics for those puppet faces are light years better like i texted a friend after starting this uh the tv series and i said this series is the henson company finally having a true creative outlet for the first time since like muppet treasure island in 1996 because they haven't really they've just been in almost stasis for more than 20 years the muppets with very few new original things coming out. Uh, the, in, in the early 80s, I guess the, the, the ability to animate these puppets, uh, I guess, was not that great. Uh, you know, the, the, the talking, the facial features mm-hmm, were mm-hmm. close to non-existent on, on these, on these uh, characters. Um, and just the, the, it reminded me of those... Um, puppet, puppets on strings. Uh, Christmas shows we used yes. to watch, where they would always move so awkwardly and the weirdly. Marionette, marionette puppets, yeah. puppets, only without the strings. They they used a whole bunch of different puppeteering techniques, and a lot of it was like that classical thing where you see, and I'm making motions for apparently just you because nobody else can see this. He's but giving where, me the finger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, the, where it's a, it's a, it's, you're seeing the puppet from the waist up and very obviously underneath, uh, where the camera is shooting, the, uh, puppeteer has their hand up the puppet, um, and the, they're moving the puppet in a way that we as an audience have accepted the way a puppet moves. Okay. But in certain <clears throat> shots, uh, for this movie... They're wide shots where you can see the full body of a Gelfling. And it's very clearly like probably a child in a Gelfling costume with a Gelfling mask. And to just suddenly see what you accept to be a puppet moving like an actual human in a costume, it's very off-putting. Like even the Skeksis, the big bird vulture-looking evil beasties. Okay. Those are effectively uh, uh, costumes with a person inside of them. And then, like, you know, a couple of people helping to operate the mouth or the hands or what have you. But there's still, like, an ambulating human under those things. Okay. But we accept that as how they move. We, we, it, it, it's extremely uncanny valley to suddenly see a Gelfling move like a human being it's it it caught me off guard the first few times i saw the film well they they alone were creepy they were creepy and that doesn't even begin to describe all all the other characters i mean there's flying beetle things it's like right you know that's like that's like what kind of warped sick mind would come up with that crap that's like dark 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 uh, kind of creations. I I mean, how how low and dark and grim and depressed do you have to be to create that kind of crap? I like I said, I'm a huge sucker for weird cultural artifacts. Oh, it's weird, yeah. like this. Yeah. So this is definitely one of those things. I think um, Dune, and I don't 
I doubt you've ever seen any production of Dune, but uh, the David Lynch movie from 1984, the 2000 uh, sci-fi TV miniseries, um, they're making another film version of it that's going to be released in two separate parts. It's coming, uh, first part's coming out later this year. It's, they're, it's such a weird, weird property. And the way I try to describe it to friends is if you take the Lord of the Rings, but you don't have any fun while you're writing it and you just get real bogged down in the politics of the royal houses. That's Dune. Or, my other favorite description of it is, you take the New Testament, but uh, Jesus is a knife fighter. (laughs) I like that one better. Yeah, that's probably my favorite take on it. But, like, each adaptation of Dune as a property has its own bananas stories to it and it's it, it doesn't make any, like this thing should not exist and i feel like the dark crystal was like the uh, the the final movie of a lord of the Rings style story but we don't have the other six hours that sets up all of the exposition and the drama and the characters we're literally only coming in for the bit where frodo gets to mount doom and i'm remembering that you've not seen any of the lord of the rings films i think i've seen some but yeah so we'll get to those eventually uh it's one of those things where i feel like I, i wanted to do this movie in contrast with avatar because okay. it is one of those things that you can kind of see, like, the surface elements of it. It's this whole new, completely fabricated world with completely alien species inhabiting it. Okay, yeah. Now, James Cameron, as much as I hate Avatar, he's, a, I think, a much more technically effective storyteller. There's a lot of, like, awkward dialogue and exposition at the beginning of that movie that sets up everything you need to know. Yes, it did, yeah. But... It makes sense. Like, as as clunky as that dialogue is, you get it. Right. And you were even saying during, like, the opening narration of Dark Crystal, where it's like, there's this big monologue from a very serious-voiced fellow. Yes. It's like, the ritual brings no joy. <laughs> it, this brings, no, the, the line is, today the ritual brings no comfort and that's that line is like repeated four times in three minutes okay and you were just you just yelling at the screen it's like nobody's happy here yeah there's What's, uh, nobody's just how, how grim how grim how dark how low <laughs> um well now the, the story was the story was pretty easy to follow i right, mean yeah. it's a classic uh, good evil they came out with that in the first 60 seconds you know, good versus evil right. stuff. So, okay, not a, but even the good guys were nasty looking. The good, those big flat faced things, whatever they were that moved so slow, what, what were they? Uh, the mystics. The mystics, the yeah. The mystics. They were the good guys, and they were even very unattractive. <laughs> uh, although not as creepy looking as, as those bird things, they were. The, the Skeksis? Yeah, yeah, they were horrible. And then oh, the beetle man. things, they were t- uh, just terrible. Oh, I can't even remember. They looked like weird scarab uh, <clears throat> yeah, scorpions. Giant beetles with like thing, all yeah. kinds of legs and big pinchers. It, and, you know, if those things came, you know, if, if you had a dream about those, you probably, your heart would probably stop and you would die. <laughs> or if you ever saw one of those, 
you know, you would probably, like, uh, jump off a cliff. Now, okay, so now to even add to the horror of it, so uh, the Skeksis, a human being has to fit in one of those things so they can operate it as a puppet. So those things are at least six, seven feet tall, yeah. just as a default. And this is, this is a fun news thing that I saw recently. During production of the new show, um, uh, the set... Got caught on, uh, got set on fire accidentally. I don't know what happened there, but the only person on hand was the director, uh, Louis Leterrier, and thanks to his quick thinking, he managed to save uh, all of the Skeksis puppets from being burned. Too bad. But <laughs> well, the real crazy part here is that the sprinkler system had already gone off, so these costume puppet things were already kind of waterlogged. And as a base level, a Skeksis uh, quote-unquote costume puppet weighs at least 200 pounds. Jeez. So just imagine <clears throat> you're the director of this creepy looking thing and you're alone by yourself in this insane studio with the dark crystal hanging in the center of it and it's up to you to rescue these terrifying vulture bird costume things yeah, I'd walk that out. are bigger than you i'd walk out <laughs> i'm good you just let it all burn <clears throat> yeah they they were just and and the the voices <laughs> oh god the, the voices, voices they, nobody even oh. had a uh, I mean, the voices oh. were horrible, and, and sometimes there was just screeching and squawking and oh. nasty noises. Well, oh, uh, man. And, you know, everybody's yelling and screaming all at the same time, and nobody had uh, just that matched the <laughs> the hideousness uh, uh, and darkness of the, the costumes, the, the puppets. Mm -hmm. Just just really <laughs> ugly. Well, can I tell ugly. you this even? Um, originally, the concept was that the Skeksis weren't going to speak in English at all. It would just be unintelligible squ uh, squawking. Okay. And you would have to understand what was going on through context clues. <laughs> I don't think you would have appreciated that. Might have been better, right? I don't know. Just, <clears throat> oh, just nasty voice and, and, and mean and, and uh, just... Nothing, no, nothing nice. No, nothing okay. Nice. Well, I have great news for you, as discussed. Uh, next week, we're going to be doing the first of the Man With No Name trilogy. Uh, we're going to be doing For a Fistful of Dollars yes. with Clint Eastwood. And yes. I wanted to pitch to the, uh, this idea to you as well right now while we're at it. Uh, I don't really like the idea of like doing like a, a mini-series or anything like that. I feel like other podcasts that I listen to have already gotten that kind of angle down. How would you like to do this as a sort of one for me, one for you sort of thing where it's obviously I did. I picked the dark crystal next <laughs> week. We're doing uh clean Eastwood week yeah. after that. We can do one of my weird things that I think you would get a, either a kick out of, or just some weird thing. I think I'd like to watch you, uh, you know, and, and <laughs> overall I was I'm glad we watched mm -hmm. the dark crystal. Um, I mean, you know, it's it. it ex you have to be exposed to all different kinds of things, but right. but I, I'm glad there's no series on that or, or anything. And yeah, cult Ooh. cult following. Yeah, there. You know, there's there's whack jobs out there for anything. You uh, know? We have had a request uh, to do a. Now that you've finished watching the show, we have had a request to hear your opinions on the rest of the series of The Mandalorian because we only covered the first two episodes. Right. In that episode, so I think a. Uh, uh, 
coming up, we're going to cover the rest of those episodes. Oh, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yes. Um, very good. Very good. I think, I think that would go hand in hand with the Clint Eastwood movies as well. <laughs> yeah. Which is, yeah, there, it's, it's like the Mandalorian is a, a spinoff of, or vice versa. It I don't know. It is in a weird way. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, Clint, the, the way he talks under that helmet. I swear to God, I've seen fan art of, uh, the Mandalorian in a Clint Eastwood style serape okay. at, with like Baby Yoda in a papoose sort sure. of thing. I sure. I feel like I feel like that's something I've seen and now I can't bring it to mind. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, so yeah, next week I should get a hundred choices after that Dark Crystal. Crap. <laughs> okay. That's wow. Fair. Uh, I do think uh, Queso does want to sit in with us. Uh, within the next couple of weeks to do another Schwarzenegger movie. He's not He's not wearing a costume, is he? No. All right. No. Queso's not. I'm the big cosplay person in my friend group. Okay. Not too many other people are. Have we gotten any comments? Uh, we've gotten a couple of reviews on iTunes, which is pretty fun. I can open that up and see what's I going mean, com- on there. I mean, like people commenting or, you know. Uh, I, I mentioned on Twitter that I had seen the new movie, uh... Birds of Prey uh, with uh, Harley Quinn in it the other day with some friends and a couple of the people I follow. I don't know why, but like all of my Twitter friends have Orson Welles as a profile picture. So it's okay. like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be friends with you. Okay. That's great. They've now uh, requested that we get your reaction to Birds of Prey, okay, which is a comic book movie set in a universe of which you've seen none of the preceding movies. And it just came out in theaters. So I think we're going to wait until it's out uh, okay. in, in, in home video to see it. And then on March 15th, we have Fathom Events is doing a showing of the original 33 King Kong, uh, which I'm super excited for. Where, where's that? Uh, it's Fathom Events. They do like special broadcasts to participating theaters. So we're just going to be able to go to our local AMC. Oh, cool. To see that, yeah. Cool. So I've never seen it before, so I'm super excited oh, to cool. see okay. this movie on a big screen with okay. a full crowd. I'm very excited for yeah, that. Yeah, it's... Um... I think a few of my friends are going to that as well, which is kind of cool. Uh, but that'll also kick off. I do want to do, uh, as a uh, lead up to... I just said that I don't want to do miniseries, and here's me planning <laughs> miniseries. Uh, as a lead up to uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong in November, I think it would be fun to do like uh, the a bunch of different uh, uh, kaiju movies leading up to that, the big monster stuff. Like a couple of the uh, older Godzilla man in a suit okay. movies, because some of those in like the 70s get, get crazy. Okay. Uh, and then the newer Kong Skull Island, which is actually set in the same universe as the the Godzilla movies we've seen. So Got it. I think that might be fun. Uh, yeah. Any final thoughts about the Dark Crystal? Um, horrible. <laughs> Effing horrible. Uh, all right. So I have been Harrison Lickner. You can find me on Twitter at H-D-L-I-C-H-T-N-E-R. Uh, we are on Facebook at Muscle Nerd Studios, although nobody's really going to that page. So I might just try and streamline all of my nonsense. We'll find out. As time goes on. Uh, otherwise, Dad, you want to take us out? Um, yeah, don't watch The Dark Crystal. <laughs> and, you know, like, go, go go to bed early that night or something like that. And get up in the morning and do something with your life. Good times. Good times.
say all good things come to an end. What's that got to do with this show? 